and can't. Ah, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Jacked and Canned, talking playoff football this week. And I have to make mention that I can already tell I'm going to be incredibly phlegmy today. So if you hear my voice crackling up, that's just going to happen. There is no turning back from it. John, how are you doing tonight, bud? Guess who I have in my hand already? Yeah, that bleephole. Oh, Sparky is here for vengeance against you, Cole. <laughs> Wait a minute. Before we jump into it, Sparky, heads for you're going to take it easy on Kolbs or tails, you're going to be ruthless to him. Here we go, Sparky. What is it going to be? <laughs> oh, tails. <laughs> All right, Sparky. Well, I'm coming for you, too. So here's the deal, guys. So we're not going to go through power rankings at this point because there's only eight teams left. There's really no purpose in doing power rankings. So we're going to skip through that. Um, what I will be doing with you guys is going over last week's games, and then me and John are going to be able to talk a little bit about the upcoming games here that actually start tomorrow. We are recording this on Friday night, knowing the games are happening tomorrow. I don't even know if this episode is going to be out by the time the games start. Me yes, and John. it will. Okay, fair enough. That's right. They're shipping John to Boston. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so with that said, let's uh, let's dive into last week real quick. So. For what uh, what we did here, picking win loss, we went four and two against the spread. We went two and four, and naturally that shiny thing in John's hand went three and three. So it had to beat me by one game. So again, well done with the Cleveland pick for Sparky the coin because that was the game that it really came down to. That <laughs> going out of the first day, we were both one and two, and I said, "Well, we got two of the same game, so it's going to come down to Cleveland Pittsburgh." And sure as well, you know what. Sparky came through. <laughs> Almost sure did it. Spark. Almost sure did it. Spark. So <laughs> that's going to take care of last week. We did a little bit of breaking down those games on uh, the actual episode that we put out there for you guys. Uh, actually, I think it came out, what, yesterday, John? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like that's relevant to the audience. I don't know why I did that. But point of it being is we have a little bit of review of what happened last week. So we're not going to talk too much about what happened last week. We're going to start diving into the games this week. And first, we're going to do the picks that we got. Sparky's going to give his picks. And then me and John are actually going to talk about the games for a bit. So with that said, we're going to start with game one, which is the Los Angeles Rams at the Green Bay Packers. Packers are minus seven. And I am going Green Bay here. John, what does Sparky have? We'll get into why I like Green Bay later. I was just going to ask you. Okay, Sparky, choose this wisely. All right, heads for the Rams or tails for Green Bay? Yes. All right, here we go. Come on, Sparky. (laughs) Heads. All right, so Sparky is immediately going against me this week. That's a bold pick, too, by Sparky. Yeah, well, I mean, it's minus seven, so the spread is a little bit high there, but we'll get into why later that I like that. Second game we got is Baltimore-Buffalo. Buffalo is minus two and a half, and I'm taking Baltimore. What does Sparky got for us? Heads. All right, so Sparky's with me there. We're going to move to Cleveland at Kansas City. It is Kansas City at this point minus nine and a half. I know they had been up as much as ten and a half earlier in the week, but I didn't get the pick in at that time. So I will stick with Cleveland at nine and a half. What does the coin say? Hey. 
details. All right. So Sparky's going against me. Sparky likes Kansas City to crush Cleveland. And in the fourth and final game of the week, we have the Tampa Bay Bucks at the New Orleans Saints. Saints are minus three. John, I've got Tampa. What does Sparky say? My personal pick is also Tampa. Come on, Sparky. What are you going to say here? Don't be a dream crusher. Heads. Tampa. All right. So Sparky's with me for two of the four (laughs) games. So we will be going against each other here. So we'll see what happens. My personal mission is to at least beat Sparky on this throughout the playoffs here because we didn't get much of a regular season sample. And although I've told everybody multiple times, I don't really take my playoff predictions as far as the spread goes too seriously. I'm admittedly not good at it, but I am determined to beat Sparky the coin. So we're going to go forward as this goes (laughs) along. And after this week, we're only going to have three more games to choose from. So this is where it starts getting tight. So I can't get a, I, I can't let Sparky get a big lead on me. So John, Let's start diving into the games here. So we're going to start with the Rams at the Packers. Now, reason that I really think the Packers are going to be able to beat the Rams by more than a touchdown is A, Aaron Rodgers is pissed. But in all seriousness, let's break this down a little bit further than that this time through. So the Packers have displayed that when they feel like putting up points, they will absolutely pick apart a defense. And the Rams outside of their front line there, They really struggle more so in the secondary outside of Jalen Ramsey. And the the Rams got three receivers that can all tear you apart as well as a solid tight end. But at the same time, defensively, they don't have guys to stop the same things that Green Bay has on the other side. Granted, Green Bay doesn't have quite the amount of weapons that the Rams do, but they don't need it because they have the ultimate weapon in Aaron Rodgers, and he's pissed. Now, the other factor here is that Jared Goff is still coming off this broken thumb, and even though we expect him to play and we expect him to be healthier than he was against Seattle where he was able to get a victory, he didn't look good against Seattle. Seattle just looked that bad. Green Bay is not going to do the same thing. So that is why I have Green Bay at minus seven. John, I know you flipped the coin for what pick we gave out there, but do you have anything that you want to add to this game? And it's okay. You don't have to give the same kind of analysis, John. Just what do you think? No, I'm not giving the the particular analysis that I'm going to give here is the energy that I felt from Sparky the coin. I know that sounds crazy, but as I flipped the coin, I, I got a little bit of a cold temperature on my thumb, just a little tiny bit of a cold temperature. And that means that it's going to be very cold in Green Bay. That's so, all I have to add. So, okay, so nothing as far as the game goes itself. All right, it's fair enough. It's going to be a cold game. Cold, cold game. Cold, cold game. I think it's supposed to be in the 40s. So 30s. I just looked it up. Oh, did you? So the second game here, we got Baltimore at Buffalo. Buffalo minus two and a half. And as I told you, me and Sparky both agree on this with Baltimore. This is the clashing of the two hottest teams at the end of the regular season. Your main difference is, Baltimore went out there and beat a very, very good Tennessee team, and they're pretty fired up as they're going through the playoffs. Buffalo scraped by Indy. I mean, that game could have gone a different direction pretty quickly, and it almost did. I mean, there was a pass interference call that was very contradictory. Contradictory. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't know what I just did there. My apologies. I like it. (laughs) Yeah. Contradictial. So (laughs) very controversial. So point of it being is that going into this week, 
I still have questions about both quarterbacks, but I believe Lamar Jackson to be the more stable quarterback in that regardless of what you do to take away part of his game, he still has second and third kind of options that he can use within his own game. He can throw the ball deep, he can throw it short, and he can run. That's not something that Josh Allen, although he does possess, he doesn't have it quite to that level, and he still tends to have a little bit of a I don't want to call it a freak out, but he just has moments where he's not fully himself when it comes to the playoffs. And I don't trust what that's going to bring going forward here, let alone the fact that the defense gives up way too much yardage, really. I mean, they've been okay with points, but yardage-wise, terrible. John, do I dare ask what you have here? Oh, yes, you do dare ask, and I'm glad you just did. So yet again, I felt a little bit of an energy. Energy, I just don't know how to describe it from sparking. In essence, in essence. In essence, just, yes. So just flipping Sparky there for just a moment, I knew that I was going to pick Baltimore. The reason why is because Sparky was kind of communicating with me that Buffalo Wings are the favorite (laughs) wings of, of Sparky the coin. So Sparky likes eating Buffalo Wings, wants to eat the Bills. That's why Sparky chose, is that why Sparky? Yes. Oh, Sparky, this is still <laughs> October. All right, cool. All right, Colts, that's my analysis. Back to you. All right, so we're, we're going to move through here to Cleveland and Kansas City. Like I said, it's Kansas City minus nine and a half, and we took Cleveland here, and by we, I mean myself. Sparky went ahead and took Kansas City, which isn't a bad idea on Sparky's part. The only reason that I really like Cleveland here is because Kansas City has been beating everybody, but they've only been winning by one score for the most part all season. The last time that Kansas City beat a team by more than 10 was when it was against the Jets in week eight. So Kansas City has come out here for the last essentially 10 weeks, and they have not been beating up on anybody. So the idea that Kansas City is going to come out here first playoff game and just decide, okay, we're going to drop 40. Even if they do, and they are very capable of it, but even if they do, Cleveland can also put up those kind of points. And although Kansas City has a solid defense, it's not one that you're necessarily freaking out about at home going, oh my God, we got that Kansas City defense coming to town. And as far as Cleveland goes, I mean, outside of the fact that their quarterback's more so a game manager than anything else, that team is stacked. I mean, we're talking about two of the better running backs in the entirety of the league, Nick Chubb probably being a top five back. We're talking about very good weapons on the outside for Baker to use at his disposal. I don't know what the status of the offensive line going into this game is going to be, and that's going to be the only thing that could be a potential concern. Defensively, that front seven in Cleveland just stacked. So I think that they're going to be able to pressure Mahomes and give him just a little bit to think about. And we've seen Mahomes come out in the first half of a lot of these games and not really do much. And then when he needs to do it, he just goes out and goes, oh, yeah, I got this. And then unleashes that monster of an arm that he's got. Now, John, what uh, what do you got? Oh, I am so happy yet again. Today, is me and Sparky are just connecting on all levels. The reason why Sparky ended up choosing Kansas City. Yeah, I know. I know. Sparky wants to say it. Go ahead. LeBron. Okay, so basically he's upset that LeBron ended up leaving Cleveland, that he's on the Lakers and stuff. So that's why he's hoping that the Browns lose. You know, he's just a sour Cleveland fan, and uh, it's understandable. I mean, Sparky is the state 
uh, state coin of Maine. I mean, it is a Maine quarter dollar. I don't know why it has ties to Cleveland Cubs, but that's where I stand. The only the only piece of analysis that I want to break down on what you just gave me is this isn't about who wins the game. I just have Kansas City winning by less than ten points. Oh no, I'm aware, but the, you know that's that's what Sparky's saying. So we're going with it, man. That's okay. my analysis. Fair enough. All right, so moving on to Tampa, New Orleans. Like we said, it is New Orleans minus three. We got Tampa here, and this is the battle of Brady and Breeze. And although we have seen the Saints beat the Bucs twice this year and look pretty solid in doing so, it doesn't look like it's been that close. And by that, I mean it hasn't been. It's been like two really dominant games. But Drew Breeze looks like he's wearing out. Tom Brady does not. Tom Brady has the weapons advantage. Tom Brady may even have the running advantage, although I do believe Kamara to be better than anybody that Tampa has. They've got a couple guys down there in Fournette and um uh, uh God, the other kid. I'm blanking on Jones. Uh yeah, Ronald Jones. <laughs> yep. Blanked on him. Oh. Point of it being, those two guys occasionally come through and really run the ball well, and it just depends on the atmosphere of the game. What I see from this is that Drew Brees hasn't produced much in the last few weeks, although the team's been putting up a lot. I don't think that we're going to see that luck continue here against Tampa. And I, I just got Tampa coming out of this one. I, I don't love the pick, but I feel good enough about it that given the two options, I feel better saying that Tampa's going to be moving on than I do New Orleans. John, what, uh, you might have something a little extra here because I know you said this is your favorite pick. So what, what do you got? I do have a little bit extra. And Sparky just wants to say this one thing here. Go ahead, Spark. Oh, Jesus. BBB. Okay, so what Sparky's trying to say by BBB is it's the Breeze Brady battle. Okay? It is the big baller brand of the NFL. All right? This game is going to be a debacle because Brady is going to dominate everything and everyone in the whole field. Isn't that right, Sparky? BBB. See? Oh, my God. Yes, Sparky. Yeah, Colts. Back to you, dude. Back to you. <laughs> so, so that does the coverage of that. Now, John, the other thing I wanted to talk about before we got out of here is because since we now have a somewhat shortened NFL episode, and also I wanted to keep this one shorter because of our bonus episode, I don't want us to end up running over. So I just got one other topic I want to discuss with you real quick. And that's the... That's the trade of James Harden going to the Nets. Now, I know you don't really watch a lot of basketball. I know you're not a big follower of it, but I wanted to get just kind of your thoughts because as the outside fan that really doesn't pay a lot of attention to it, I got to think that this is at least something that hit your register as, oh, this is something that is at least interesting to me, even if you're not particularly interested in the NBA. I think it's going to be bringing the Nets to a winning season right there. You know, you got Durant on the team as well. I think they're going to be pretty darn good. An outsider looking and somebody that doesn't pay too much attention at all to the NBA. I just follow a couple of the random headlines out there, like Gordon Hayward checking in, seeing how he's doing. Right. I just follow very bizarre, very miscellaneous news, you know. So just looking at that, I'm I'm excited for him. I, I, uh, I think he's going to finally get that championship. Okay, perfect. So that was really actually almost spot on what I was hoping for you to go with. So I'm going to I'm going to give you a quick breakdown on this. So 
essentially the Nets had to get rid of uh, Levert in order to bring in James Harden. And they also had to get rid of uh, their center, Jared Allen. And that essentially puts them in a place where they don't have much else as far as that team's concerned. It's mostly those three guys. And the NBA's history will tell you, if you don't have guys that can produce for you beyond just your first three players, you're not going to be able to make it happen. You at least need contributors. When the Heat had their big three back in the early 2010s, they had Mike Miller. They had Udonis Haslam. They brought in Shane Battier. They had in there uh, Chris Birdman Anderson. They had uh, Ray Allen. They had a lot of guys, Rashard Lewis. They had a lot of guys that were still able to contribute. And if Brooklyn doesn't find who those pieces are going to be, this team's not really going to be able to honestly beat even some of the teams still out east, let alone beat one of the L.A. teams in the finals. But the other piece of this that just entirely drives me nuts is that do they not realize there's only one basketball on the court? Because all three of these guys, in order to play, they need the ball in their hands. That is how they produce well. They don't do a good job of distributing dollars. Durant and Harden, yes, I know, especially Harden, have the numbers of assists, but they're not looking to set up teammates. They're looking to get those assist numbers. They don't pass the ball the same way that you see some of the better passers in the NBA's history pass the ball, or even in today's game. I mean, hell, I think Rondo is a better passer than both of them, but we're looking at three guys who need the ball in their hands in order to make plays. They're not really necessarily spot up shooters by any means. James Harden likes triple step back threes. Kevin Durant likes just essentially taking pop-up jump uh, jumpers somewhere. Kyrie Irving, pretty much everything he does, and he, he's very strange in the way that he is, and it kind of translates to his on-court play, but he does need the ball in his hands to be effective. So I, I don't think this mesh really works out. I think there will be games where they all just don't miss, and you're going to see incredible performances, but I think in a seven-game series, even against teams like the Miami Heat, I think they're going to struggle and they're going to end up losing those kind of series. John, that's uh, that's about all I got. Hey, man, let's go Knicks. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, John. We oh, oh, You got something on the Knicks you want to bring up? I was going to say time for them to stop being the punching bag of the NBA. They're five and seven, Culps, and you, and you know on this podcast, hopeful is what I root for. Yeah, it's a four-game losing streak. They were five and three. Because, yeah, they were doing pretty good, but you know what? They fell off a little bit, but after this episode, guaranteed, the next game, they're going to win. Yeah, that's it. You heard it here in the show. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to check in on that. Uh, Point of it being is, unless you got anything else, I think we should probably cap us off here. We got this bonus episode coming to you, and that's going to be the real fun content this week. Make sure that you check that out, because that's going to be funny. We, uh, we recorded a disclaimer right before we started this for, specifically for that episode, because if I'm not mistaken, I think John's got it pretty much edited, ready to go. I just wanted to make yeah. sure that we threw a little disclaimer on the front end of it because it is uh, relatively explicit. But that's going to be where you get your fun stuff this week. What me and John have done here, I wanted to keep on the shorter end, which we have. So unless you got anything else, John, I will go ahead and end us. Rate, review, subscribe. Thank you again for checking out the show. Colbs, you know how to shut it down, homie. Jacked and canned. This was Jacked and canned. Tune in to new episodes on iTunes. And check out what the boys are getting themselves into on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Jacked and Can. Presented by... 
no one.